Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. The Bible is the single most important book in history. It is the very words of God put on paper. In this podcast, we will walk through the pages of His Word as we seek to understand His message to us. In Isaiah 55:11, God says, My word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper where I send it. As we study His Word, He will accomplish within us what He desires. That is our prayer. That is the journey. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Journey Through the Bible with Joshua Smith. This is Joshua. This week is Easter week. It's one of the most important weeks on the calendar for, really, for all of humanity. We celebrate this week the death and the resurrection of our Lord. We celebrate what is the most consequential and influential week in all of human history. Were it not for Easter week, we would be hopeless. But because of what we celebrate this week, we have hope. So what I wanted to do, we're going to take a break for a little bit from walking through Matthew. And I just want to do some reflections on Palm Sunday. The passage I'm going to read from is Mark chapter 11. We're going to read verse 1 through 11. This is uh, the story found in Mark of the triumphal entry, which is what we celebrated or we remembered, we commemorated uh, yesterday with... um, thousands and millions and billions of believers all around the world. Uh, we, we kicked off uh, Holy Week with the celebration of the triumphal entry. And so I would like to read this and then just share a few thoughts uh, with us today. Mark 11, 1 through 11. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut off or they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Here we read the story of the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Uh, I, I, I can remember this is this is one of those stories where, right, for all the way from the young ones to, to the old, right, this is something we, we say every year, we read every year, we commemorate every year because it is the start of of Holy Week. This marks Jesus' entrance uh, seemingly triumphant, um, and as we know, it was just not in the way they expected, entry into Jerusalem. 
But here's the thought I wanted to share with us, uh, this, this little thought. The people were shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. They were ascribing this messianic language, very clearly messianic language to Jesus, but they were doing it with wrong motives and with wrong intentions. You see, the people of that day, they were under Roman oppression. They were under Roman uh, government. They were under Roman occupation. They hated this. I can just imagine for us how hard or difficult it would be to look outside our window and see a foreign occupying force walking outside our window. Well, that's what these Jewish people had to live with every day. And so their expectation in this moment was that Jesus was the Messiah and their expectation of the Messiah was that he was going to come into Jerusalem and this was that moment for him to come and claim the kingship and destroy their enemies. They were expecting a temporal king, but what they were given was an eternal savior. The mistake they made in this moment was they were expecting a temporal answer when God was really concerned with the eternal. How often is it easy for us to make the same mistake? We focus so much on the temporal. We focus so much on what's going on in the here and now. We spend all of our energy worrying about the present. When God is calling us to focus on the eternal. These people, these men and women and these children who lined the streets and they were crying Hosanna, they were expecting a temporal king. They were expecting Jesus to come and set up his earthly kingdom. But Jesus knew that his purpose was greater. His purpose was beyond the temporal. His purpose was the eternal. We cannot allow the concerns of the temporal to cloud our focus on the eternal. And this year, as I read through the triumphal entry, that's, that's what stuck out to me. That's what God placed in my spirit as I read this. Is we cannot allow the concerns of the temporal to outweigh our focus on the eternal. You see, it, it is our focus on the eternal which allows us to live the temporal, the here and now, with hope. Even when the temporal is hopeless, we can look forward to eternal because of Jesus. Even when the temporal is difficult and we are facing trials and we can't comprehend why things are happening to us. It is the eternal in that moment that is our lifeline. It is the eternal in that moment that we look to because of Jesus that allows us to hold on 
in the temporal. It is the focus and it is the hope and the faith and the glory of the coming kingdom of God that gives us the opportunity to stand firm in the temporal in the face of trials, in the face of persecution, in the face of being labeled as bigots and intolerant and all that stuff. It is our ability to hold on to this eternal hope through Jesus Christ that allows us to live in the temporal. You see, when I'm focused on the eternal, when I'm looking at the eternal, when I'm holding on to this, this, this lifeline of one day Jesus is going to come and he is going to make all things right. When I hang on to the eternal, the temporal fades. It fades in significance. It fades in importance. It fades in, it's all so often misery and hardships. Because I have this hope in Jesus. And see, the, the, the people, the Jewish people of the day that we read about in the Gospels, you see, they, they missed out on Jesus. They missed out on the Messiah because they were looking for a temporal solution to their problem. They were looking for a temporal king. I'll say it again. He came not to be a temporal king, but to be an eternal savior. They were looking for a political figure. And they missed Jesus because... He wasn't concerned about that. He said, render unto Caesar's. What is the seat? What is Caesar's, right? He wasn't concerned about the political. He was concerned about the eternal. They were looking for a figure to come and make things the way they thought it should be. But Jesus came not to make things the way we think they ought to be. But Jesus came to make things in the eternity the way his father says they are to be. And so my admonition to us, my exhortation to us through this passage and through thinking of the triumphant entry is that we must hold on to hope eternal, which changes our temporal now. How can I love my enemies and pray for those who spitefully use us as Jesus calls us to do? Well, I can do that because I realize the eternal is what it's about, not the temporal. How can I walk through trials of life? The book of James tells us, hey, we're, we're going to face trials. You're going you're gonna to face various trials and it's going to test your faith. How do we hang on in those moments? Well, it, it's looking to the eternal. It is looking at the hope that Jesus has provided in the eternal, which allows us to face the temporal. It's like that old song says, right? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, I can face uncertain days because he lives, right? It is the truth of eternity that allows us to live life in the temporal for God. 
So let us not make the mistake that these people did. You see, the, the mistake that these people made, it was they were looking for a temporal king. And guess what? Four days later, they realize, oh, that's not what he came to do. So they turn around and they cry, crucify him. You see, when our focus and intents and motives are all about the temporal, when God doesn't show up in the temporal like we desire him to, we lose sight of the eternal because all of our focus is on the eternal and... How does that affect our view of God? Right? How many times do, do, we, do we get angry at God? We lash out at God because he didn't do things the way we thought he should. Oh God, I, I, I prayed for things to be this way. I, I, I thought you were going to come and show yourself in this way, but you didn't. eternal right our focus is on the eternal hebrews chapter 11 it is the hall of faith as as we know it and it is a it is a chapter that goes from the beginning of time throughout history up to that point and just really calls out people by name who expressed extreme faith in god abel and abraham and and, and Moses and all these people throughout history, Gideon, Barak, David, Samuel, right? And then at the end of the chapter, it even mentions some of the New Testament saints, right? Verse 36 says, others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned and they were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Right? That, that, that's, some, that's some pretty bleak temporal existence there. Right? That, that's a pretty bleak description of what their temporal looked like. How were they able to exist in this temporal circumstance? How? Because their focus and their eyes were on the eternal. Verse 39 of Hebrews 11 continues that passage and says, And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. They did not receive what was promised. Now, that, that seems sacrilege, doesn't it? How can we read that verse in light of the New Testament and in light of well, how we understand that God's promises are yes and amen? Well, you see, God's promises are yes and amen in Jesus. It is in Jesus that all the promises of God are founded and are fulfilled. And so these men and these women, they didn't receive temporal promises. They received eternal promises. And they were able to face certainly horrific temporal circumstances all because their focus was correct. It was on the eternal God who saves them. Let us have the same mindset let us have the same focus. Allow us to have the same intense focus on the eternal that it changes the temporal. Right? There's another old song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full on his wondrous face. And the things of this world will, go will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Right? When our focus is on the eternal, when our focus is on Jesus, all the things of this world, they grow dim. They, they, they grow lackluster. 
in their brightness. We realize that, you know what? All this stuff doesn't matter as much as I thought it did. You guys, when when eternity is our focus is, and when eternity is what matters, it changes how we interact with God because he is the founding he is the foundation of our hope it changes how we interact with our brothers and sisters in Christ it changes how we interact with our neighbors our friends our, our family those we come in contact with when i have a mindset of eternity it changes my temporal and that temporal may not always look like how I expect. For these people in Mark chapter 11 and the other gospel narratives, these people who were in Jerusalem on this day when Jesus rode in on the donkey, it, they were expecting it to look this way, a certain way, right? He was going to come. He was going to establish his kingdom. He was going to drive out the Romans and establish the, the Israel nation forever, right? That's what they were expecting, but that's not what they received. They received rather an eternal savior who was for all the world, who opened up salvation to all the world, to us who are Gentiles. Our, our, our salvation is now available because Jesus came and opened up salvation to all the world through him. The Jewish people, they were expecting one thing. God gave them another. Let us not make the same mistake. That's what faith in God looks like. See, if if everything looked the way I expected it to look, I don't need faith. I don't need trust. I'd go as far as saying we wouldn't even need hope in that in that instance. But it is when the world around me does not look the way I expect. It's when my life doesn't exactly look like the way I thought it would. That's the power of the eternal. Because it is in those moments, if we're focusing on the eternal, it changes our perception of the temporal. Let me pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you for this week. Lord, this week we're celebrating the greatest gift, and that is the gift of your son. Jesus, you came and you lived on this earth and you died. You died at the hands of your own creation so that we could have life, so that we could have hope, so that we can look beyond the temporal, we can look beyond our circumstances, we can look beyond the here and now, and we can see the eternal hope that you have given us through your grace, through your mercy. God, may we focus on what is right, and that is the eternal hope that you've given us and allow that to change us. May we allow that to change our temporal, change the here and now, change how we live, change how we view people, change how we interact with people because you have given us a glorious future that we can look forward to one day. Thank you for listening. God bless you.